Hello and welcome to Who Books That with Harrison Greenbaum. I'm your host, Harrison Greenbaum. This show is presented by the International Brotherhood of Magicians. And if you're not already a member, I don't know how that's even possible. We've been doing 35 episodes. This is episode number 35. You just go to magician.org slash join dash the dash IBM slash join. They've done incredible stuff during this pandemic. They do incredible stuff uh, before the pandemic. Um, but we've been uh, putting out content. There's this show, Who Books That? There's also the IBM Jam Live. Uh, there's a new uh, weekly show where they go inside the Linking Ring magazine. So definitely check out uh, magician.org. And if you want to become a member or renew your membership, magician.org slash join dash the dash IBM slash join. This show is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We took a brief break. And there's going to be a break because next week is the day before Christmas. Uh, I'm I, Or so I'm told. I'm a, a, a Jew. But uh, I hear it's a big day for, for the not Jews. Um, but, um, that is the day before Christmas and, uh, next, the Wednesday after that is the day before New Year's Eve. Um, so we will be taking a break. So this is your last episode in 2020 and what an insane year it's been. Uh, I'll be honest when I started this back in March, I really thought, wow, let's, we'll do this for like six weeks or eight weeks and then we'll all be back to normal. Uh, and now 35 episodes later, uh, we're here. Uh, it's been an incredible journey filled with a lot of memorable moments. The very first episode, Matt King, uh, an unbelievable way to kick this series off with a surprise guest uh, of Lance Burden, who would eventually become a future guest later on down the road and be surprised by Elaine Boozler, uh, who they performed for the Queen together. I am now a big fan of The Crown. Everything is coming full circle. Um, I've been slimed by Mark Summers. We had Neil deGrasse Tyson drop in to surprise Larry Wilmore. Um, it's uh, David Williamson had about six or seven different surprise guests. I think that might've been the record. Matt Franco's grandmother learned how to use her iPad to be on the show. So a huge thank you to all of the magicians. We have uh, had 34 uh, featured guests now going to be 35 and there's been tons of surprise guests. So we featured over a hundred magicians from all over the planet, although mostly United States, Canada and England. <laughs> um, it's been uh, an incredible ride and the podcast version of this show, which is available still uh, and will be on Apple Music. Go to whobooksthat.com. You can click a link, go straight to the Apple Music store. You can also watch all the previous episodes right there from that website. It's also available on Pandora now. It's available on Amazon, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast, this is available. And crazily enough, thank you to your support. Thanks to your support. Um, all the positive reviews, the five-star reviews, just people downloading and subscribing. It is in the top 100 performing arts podcasts in, I believe, nine countries around the world, including the UK, the US, Canada, uh, Australia, uh, which is also a continent, fun trivia, uh, Japan, uh, Denmark, Sweden, Germany. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, so thank you guys so, so much for your support. Could not do this without you. Um, and a huge thanks to everybody who's already said hello. We have uh, somebody coming in from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Ian. We've got Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hello, Don. we got Ron West from Gulf Breeze, Florida, and another Floridian as well. Dan Irwin is in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, thank you guys so, so much. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Harrison Comedy. But let's get this show started. I am so, so excited uh, for this guest. What a great way to round out the year. Uh, I've been a huge fan of, of his, and that's before I even found out he was a magician. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was crazy eyed killer. Uh, fantastic. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, he was Hoover in Silicon Valley. Uh, he was an upload. Heartbreaking. He went from comedy to uh, the father 
uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything, so just watch it. Uh, it's called Upload, and it's on Amazon. Um, he has appeared in tons of television uh, and tons of movies. He is also an incredible magician. He's a magician member of the Academy of Magical Arts. We're going to talk about it. I am so excited. Coming to you all the way from the opposite coast, the West Coast. Make some noise. Get excited. It's Chris Williams, everybody. Chris, how you doing? Oh, for your, for your Japanese um, uh, watchers, Konbanwa, what Tashiro Williams does, Hajibamasu Dozi Orozco. Holy, do you do you know Japanese? That's the only thing I know in Japanese. I don't tell anybody. That's that the only thing. It's just how to, how to greet. <laughs> you, I, I've been I, there I twice. Like, That's please. the only thing I learned. <laughs> That's amazing. I Actually, it's weird. I, I did not know how we could be in the so high up in the Japanese ranks. Um, when this was the they first love, example of Japanese ever spoken on the show. They love magic. You know, Japanese love magic. They have some great magicians, great Japanese oh, magicians as well. unbelievable. And we talked about it a little bit. We had Steve Cohen on the show who uh, learned oh. a lot of magic and apprenticed in Japan. Who, who I went to high school with. Wait, what? <laughs> I've done a ton of research that did not come up. Were you I guys in the same grade? Huh? No, he was... Two years behind me, I believe. Two years behind I mean, me, but I'm a big deep going fan. You grew big up in Westchester, New York, which is also yeah. where he grew up. Exactly. We went to the same high school, Horace Greeley High School. So he was doing magic back then, for sure, because I have pictures of him doing magic at Magic Camp at that age. Were you into magic at that point? I, I could just do like two tricks, two little things, but I wasn't really into magic. I mean, I, I went to go see Blackstone on Broadway. I saw um, Doug Hunting on Broadway. So I saw some big magic shows and I always loved magic, but in terms of doing it, I never really uh, started really being serious about it until, until later. So in, <clears throat> in my forties. <laughs> <laughs> but you, so, but you have a very artistic a family, kids. right? You, your yeah. parents were both music instructors. Here's a yep. lovely picture of the family. <laughs> yep. And you know, uh, uh, a couple of instruments. Here's one of the instruments that you play. Oboe, yes, and my sister plays French horn. Yeah, my parents are both music teachers. And was when you were starting out, did you think you were going to be a musician, or was that just a fun thing that you did with the family? Well, we were required to take instruments uh, all the way through high school. So um, my parents were always been performing, baroque choirs. Uh, they were conducting things, and they always had bands and stuff. So we were required to take instruments, and we were had always been exposed to the arts, being so close to New York going to uh, Broadway shows all the time, seeing great performances and performing ourselves. So I did my first play was uh, in nursery school when I got uh, bitten by the bug playing the uh, um, the mop that married the Raggedy Ann doll. And I was what like, was oh, that? I, can, I can get I can get a women like, I mean, I can actually, I get to hold hands and I was like, oh, wait a second. There's something to this. So uh, yeah, it was the, my first play. And then I did plays all through um, through high school and, and middle school and, and, and high school. And, and I did a couple of theatrical things in college, but I was mostly concentrated on, on other things in college. So it was fun. <laughs> what was your, what was your major? I was a psychology major at Georgetown. I was a psychology major as well. Look at us both using that psychology. We're just trying to figure out why we want psychologists. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so it was. It was. Uh, so I didn't do a lot of magic uh, then. I mean, I knew a couple things, but I didn't really start doing it until uh, I, I took. I actually took some classes up at the castle, the Magic and Castle. Now, I got. And you're now a magician member, so it. it, yes. it you're a huge success story. 
<laughs> yeah, I uh, I got for my 40th birthday, someone, I had gone up there a couple times and I, I was always, one of the first shows that I saw was Richard Turner and I was just blown away. I, I was just blown away. And uh, and I always had an interest in it. And for my birthday, for my 40th, my my um, lady got me a, a class, a class at the castle. And I was like, so excited just to be in class again but I was like, teach me magic, like teach me. Like having a, having a, I was like, and it was uh, Dave Thorson who was 80 at the time when he was, he talked you know, there for a long time. And, uh, and I learned some basic things and then I became obsessed. And I was like, okay, well now I have to become a member. So then I was like looking on YouTube and reading books and doing everything and, and came up with a good repertoire and had, um, and my test was, uh, Ice McDonald was in there. Shoot Ogawa was in there, uh, and like two or three other people. And I got and I, I fooled Ice on on my uh, three card Monty, which was good. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I just I just became like obsessed with it. You know, once I decided to do something, I decided to really do it. Well, how nerve wracking was that audition? I mean, was did that was that was that one of the most nervous you've been, or were were there other things where or was that for you at that point? You've auditioned for so many things, you kind of well, knew how to go in there. I am a performer, and you know what it's like to be a performer. So, so I kind of knew what I had to do in terms of. I was just worried about my handling. You know, making sure that I did my presentation was going to be good, but as long as my handling of of, of my things, I did a Monty. Uh, that I, I learned uh, Di Vernon's Monty. Uh, I, I saw him do it and learned it from from watching it on YouTube. And uh, I did um, uh, Aces. Uh, Whose who's Aces was that? And I did uh, and I did this and that. I did nice. this and that. So those are my those are my three skill tricks that I was practicing and practicing. And and it's such an amazing environment up there at the castle. Uh, I'm really anxious to see what's going to happen in the next year or how we're going to be able to deal with, you know, having people come in and, and seeing magic. It's one of the most magical places on earth uh, just for the atmosphere and everyone has to be dressed up. It's a, it's a harken, it harkens back to the, the olden days when you had to dress up and you, you had to be presentable and you're not allowed to take your tie off and you can, uh, and women are, in, in, and you have a beautiful dinner and it's just a really sophisticated, wonderful evening and seeing some unbelievable performances i've seen some some of the greats incredible performances up there so i mean richard uh, turner is a great way to start although you know who i know never, i mean you know who's never seen richard turner richard who? turner i know exactly <laughs> exactly we, we had him on the show he was a surprise for banachek they toured oh, together wow. uh, with a scam show that uh was epic um uh, who who else would you say are your magic influences? Who 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 would be in that melting pot that makes up you um, as a magician? I like Mike Pichotta, who's up at the castle all the time. He's a friend of mine. He's he's um, incredible. Um, uh, Andrew Goldenhirsch. Yeah, uh, he yes. his simplicity. What I loved about him is his simplicity. He only did like in the close up gallery like four illusions maybe, but they were so so beautiful. I was like, oh, I was like, wow. So, and what I love about it, I, I love Zabrecki. I love, um, uh, uh, of course, I'm blanking on half the people that I love, but like even David Blaine and, and the bigger ones too, Penn, uh, Penn and Teller. Um, but uh, what I love about magic is there's there's so many different facets to it. And you can be uh, one type of magician and then another type of magician, but yet still be magicians. That the spectrum of what a magician is 
is so broad, it's so beautiful between comedy and magic like, like yourself and uh, Zabrecki, which is kind of mystical and weird and even Max Maven, like people, mentalism, there's just so many paths of, of what kind of magician you can be that it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful art. It's really a wonderful art. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I imagine also you bring a lot of talents to bear on your magic because you. I, I going through your IMDb and just your whole uh, career, it's unbelievable. I, I have some some highlights. Um, this was the first appearance I think I have of you on television. Is EMT number Paramedic number one on the first Prince of Bel Air? <laughs> exactly. Yes, and that's my sister. She was uh, giving breath in with Will Smith. Yeah, it was fun. And Fresh you look friends. very concerned. It's a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With hair, mind you. That's right. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have, uh, actually, you played your sister uh, or a version of your sister. With yes, I did. That's the last time I'll ever wear a dress and heels. Yes, that is the you last just, time. You looked great, though. I mean, I got to say. Well, look, two hours of makeup every morning. And, <laughs> and uh, I did the world's fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins where I was in drag. And that was the, for my first experience of like, um, I mean, if I was gonna uh, wear a drag to be in a movie opposite eight scenes with Anthony Hopkins, that's like a dream come true. And uh, so I got five hours of waxing. <laughs> I did my chest, my back, my arms, my legs, and my pits. And five, can I just, five out? Do you know how much that hurts? I was, I had to get drunk, I was like, Lay down on the table, five hours of waxing, and I was, uh, and then um, was wearing it, was the, the whole time. Were you just thinking, I get to be with Anthony Hopkins? I get to be with Sir Anthony Hopkins. Well, I, I this is like, gonna be worth. Well, <laughs> a lot of it was really for the character. I wanted to be as close to be. If I'm playing a, a transvestite or, or in, in the '60s, really, who uh, who had to embrace being what it was like to be gay, as well as. To to being it's a it was a made up character but it was um, by Roger Donaldson but I, I wanted to get as close to being as feminine as I could even though I'm a man so I mean I have these big arms in my dress but I always like smaller like be smaller be smaller so I was really understanding what a woman goes through a lot of times with feeling big and feeling you know I just was I just wanted to be smaller and smaller and smaller and I had a friend of mine teach me how to walk in some five inch heels. So <laughs> I was practicing up and down and then my boys would come over to watch football and I, I'd have like, come on guys, I have my heels on. I'm like, yo, you got to take those off, man. You got to take those off. <laughs> What's harder, uh, walking in heels or a double lift? What was harder to learn? <laughs> Definitely walking in heels. Um, <laughs> also, if you screw up a double lift, you don't fall on your face. <laughs> right. um, but so, so I, I really wanted to be close to, um, uh, as close as I can. So it was a really interesting experience to be dressed in drag. So when I did it with my sister, if I was ever going to do it again, it would be opposite my sister on TV on Ugly Betty. And uh, so I already had, a, I already knew the tricks to put um, exactly bird seed and pantyhose. Ah. Bird seed and pantyhose make the greatest boobs. I was feeling my boobs like so. I was like, wow, these are really like, yeah. And they felt great. So that was a lot of really fun experience to do that as well. I love that. I love that there's always, in any industry, there's always like a technique that you wouldn't know unless you've been in those shoes. <laughs> right, right. would not be the first thing. When I touch, if I've ever touched a boob, my first thought is never, ah, birdseed. 
Uh, the craziest part on World's Fastest Indian was that I was in full drag and Anthony Hopkins says, hey, I wrote some music. He was writing, he was composing music. He's like, you wanna come listen to it? I was like, oh, yeah, of course. So I'm sitting in Anthony Hopkins' trailer, listening to music he wrote in full drag going, what, what is going? What is going on with my life right now? Like, I, you could have never predicted <laughs> this whole situation, and it was an amazing experience. Just grilling him. I mean, being in every scene with him, I was just like, ask questions. Like, think of questions. Like, you know, what would you want? What would you want to ask if you were in, stuck in a car with Anthony Hopkins for eight different scenes? What would you want to? So I was grilling him about everything, and he's such a warm, wonderful, giving actor as well as human. He was just unbelievable. Such a wonderful experience. Was there any gem you could share? Was there any piece of advice that you're like, man, that 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 made it all worth it? Uh, well, he, he told me the story about when he was a kid, he was so enamored with Charlie Chaplin, he wrote Charlie Chaplin a letter and Charlie Chaplin wrote him back. And I was like, do you have the letter? Do you have the letter? He's like, no, no, my, my, my mother threw it out. But ironically, uh, 40 years, 40, 50 years later, he was on the set of Chaplin when he found out that he was nominated for Silence of the Lambs, which he eventually won for, which is a kind of a weird like thing how it all comes comes back around. But I was like, he was telling me stories about Lawrence Olivier and, and <laughs> oh, he just, he, he was just amazing. It was such a, a great experience. It's like when you talk to the older magicians and they're like, oh yeah, I was hanging out with Thurston. Or you're like, wait, what? <laughs> right, exactly, like, exactly. You knew who you knew that. Was <laughs> exactly. Uh, and talking about Full Circle, you went from watching Broadway shows to being Broadway Bill. Yes, and Friday After Next, exactly. Playing a crackhead. <laughs> and then yeah. there's uh, obviously Crazy Eye Killers, which that's that's not only a, a hard acting role, but a lot of that stuff has to be improvised as well, right? Well, the whole show is improvised, actually. So I went in, uh, I went in as, I, I did a sketch comedy show called Hype on the WB Network back in the day. And the casting director who cast me in it knew I could do a Master P impression. And her husband, her name is Marla Garland. Her husband, Jeff Garland, is on is on Curb. That's how I got the audition. Amazing. And Sticky Fingers, Ghostface Killer, Mike Mike Epps, like all these uh, master, they all went in for this role of playing a gangster rapper. And I was like, I was obviously from being from Westchester, New York. I'm not a gang <laughs> a gangster rapper. So I was doing all my research and trying to get. Uh, as close as I could, and I, uh, you know, to you know what I would be, how hard that I could be as a gangster rapper. So I had a fake tattoo on my arm that said Wolf, and I had fangs, and I and I put brown contacts, and I have blue eyes, so I put brown contacts in, and I called myself the Wolf Man. So I was like, <laughs> oh, like I'd be a, a. So I went into the audition. I left my house looking like a gangster, like you know, driving, and I went into the wrong office, and I was like, yeah, yeah, what's up? How you doing? I'm looking for Kirby Enthusiast. They're like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's down the hall. I was like, yeah, thanks a lot. So I, and I was like, oh, it's work like it's working, you know? <laughs> and then you, I, the audition is, the only other thing for the audition was um, uh, talk to Larry, uh, and then uh, you're, you're, you're at your engagement party and have a conversation with Larry. And say that you like eating, and you can't live without it. And that was it. Wow. So I went in there and I just, you, you riff with Larry and you just start talking back. I was like, your name Larry, Larry David, David Larry. You got two first names. I like that. Where'd you get that? It's like, my dad. I'm like, I like that. I like that two first names, you know? So, uh, and then we got on set and I, uh, 
And it was only three scenes. It was only three scenes in the whole episode, but it's made such an impact. Um, and I got to, you know, flourish and just do my improv thing. And he was, he was um, so gracious and so, so easy to work with, you know? Uh, so it was fantastic. And it really changed the trajectory, trajectory of my career, my acting career. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I was rewatching it actually today uh, in preparation and I hadn't noticed before, but uh, he wears a Jewish star, the character. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm see, see, there's, <laughs> there's small little details like that. Yeah, exactly. Was so that actually, something you chose? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. All, everything you see is that I chose. Are, so you could actually have something to talk about. You know what I mean? So if I could say this, so like, you know, cause I was talking about how all my, my uh, lawyers were Jews and how I'm, you know, I'm down with the Jews because, you know, this and the other. And then uh, an ironic thing is uh, Lenny Kravitz became, was, became a huge fan of Crazy Eyes. <laughs> and and uh, I met him one time and my friend was his photographer. And he said, uh, they invited me down to the Bahamas. So I flew down to the Bahamas and stayed at Lenny Kravitz's place for about four days. And we filmed our own Curb episode. Oh wow! And it's it's a it's a it's a it's a great little thing. We never released it, but um, I had my I had my star David, and I was I got scared in a room, in in one of the scenes we shot, and there was a mezuzah, on <laughs> on the wall, and I started rubbing it because I got so scared, and I decided the crazy eyes was going to convert to Judaism. <laughs> nice. So I was going to be doing fiddler on the roof of my car, like matchmaker, <laughs> matchmaker, find me a bitch, and like remake the whole. <laughs> Make the whole thing. So I would absolutely yeah. go see that show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, no, that's amazing. Uh, and uh, just go through all the roles. I mean, Hoover was fantastic. That's you being very serious. That's being you, exactly. you being slightly less serious. Yes. Uh, yes we have uh, the Great Indoors, which was uh, on CBS. There's, I'd like to play the promo for a certain episode. Uh, and I think the viewers of this show will understand why as soon as I start playing it. So here's a promo for episode 20 of The Great Indoors. Uh, check it out. This Tuesday, give me the heartbreaker. Oh. After their breakups, can they rekindle the magic? No magic. Magic is a gimmick. You're a cool guy. I have a dove in my pants. <laughs> That's a big no. I didn't have sex for the last four months of my marriage. <laughs> At least the dove. New The Great Indoors Thursday. So, so did the writers know that you had been dabbling in yeah. magic? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the writers knew I was I was a magician. So I was like, oh, I was like, so. And then in that episode as well, I get to do some some random tricks, which is funny. Like I pull a hot dog out of my out of my hat or something like that to to add my bar. So it was a lot of fun. That I get to incorporate the magic into the show. That's amazing. And then actually, I actually had another another episode when I'm in a straitjacket. And yeah, so I did a couple couple episodes where I was also a magician. Yeah, it was Fantastic. fun. Although it's yeah, definitely yeah. one of those double-edged swords where you're like, I'm so glad you're incorporating magic. Although I, we we could we, we could see what you think of magic based on the writing of the script. <laughs> exactly right, exactly. But that's awesome. I mean, I guess you, in addition to acting and magic, you also have uh, an intense comedy background. I know you studied with the Groundlings as well. Yeah. Uh, and you did stand up. Uh, uh, what was the what was your uh, stand up like? Well, I did a uh, um, I did a lot of characters. Uh, so one of the things I opened up for my sister. I went on tour with my sister when she was doing her uh, uh, her 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 tour, and uh, so I would be her opening act. And I did a lot of irreverent uh, characters, which I probably could not get away with today. <laughs> I did a, I, I did a deaf homosexual, which you could, that is like you could not you could not do that today. 
but and it actually made it to TV. I, it was on the sketch comedy show I did years ago. Um, but it was a lot of edgy comedy, a lot of characters, basically, because I'm an actor and I, I created the. Uh, I'm really good at at doing things that are different than myself. So, so yeah, so I got to do stand up, and that helped me get the audition for the sketch comedy show, which got me the, the show, which got me this, and the you know, So everything is like a is like a thing, a pattern. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's with every great career is it's so obvious in hindsight how it all works. But going <laughs> through it, you never know, oh, don't worry, if you do this 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 character, it's gonna lead to this thing. And then four steps later, you'll be on TV. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And one of the things in the CBS bio, I, I believe it's one of your characters was Incognito the Magician? Yes. So <laughs> I, I, I was um, inspired by Ballantyne actually. And Ballantyne was, you know, he was kind of a a, 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 a bad magician kind of, you know, but he was this very silly, bad magician. So I made Incognito, which, which is an offshoot of uh, Crazy Eyes type, where I am a, an ex-con from uh, <laughs> that uh, does magic. You know, the the wonderful word, I love the Harry Potter book so much, I decided to do the, the magic, you know what I'm saying? And so I would come out and hang, I would have, a, as a furlough program, have a guy walk me out in handcuffs, and then get out of the handcuffs, and then I can make a dove appear out of thin air, and I'd be like this, Dove soap, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> so I mean, it's really, really bad magic. But and then I and then I threaten you if you didn't like my magic. Like you know, that's my my magic move. You don't do that. My man in the back's gonna shank you. So he's a prison magician in I, I love that he's a prison magician, but the only trick he can't do is escape. <laughs> exactly. Well, he can escape just about anything. You know, except for the clutches of yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fantastic. I mean, did you, uh, did did the magic work? Was it one of those things where secretly- yeah, no, so The last trick I do is an actual, is, is actual magic. You know, I have a blank deck and I have them pick a card thinking that I'm gonna say, it's a blank card. And like, no, it's not. And I'm like, what, what the heck? And then they actually picked a, you know, a king. And then I, I said, you don't think I can do magic. This and then I pull off my, my thing and on the back is, is, is the card. And I'm like, you know what this is? They say magic wand. I said, no, it's a stick. I'm gonna beat your ass if you don't like my magic. So he's a very threatening, uh, <laughs> threatening magician. Is uh, is Incognito the magician retired or might he come no, back? No, I, I did it last night, as a matter of fact, for the Groundlings Christmas show. Yeah. Oh, that's I, so cool. And I did, I've done uh, the improv and the uh, comedy store and I, I've done a whole bunch of different places. Uh, but I haven't really, um, I haven't really, I never really took, uh, took it on the road or did anything with it. So. We'll see. It's always in it's always in the back of my head. Like I want to do a cartoon about him, and uh, we'll see. You know, I got so many things going on. I'm just trying to keep it keep it straight. But uh, yeah, so that was one of my my. Um, I mean, I can do obviously a regular show, but Incognito is a funny. You know what it's like to have uh, comedy slash. Uh, oh yeah. Comedy with with magic as opposed to magic with comedy. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's always that's yeah. always my sales pitch. I always tell people I'm a comedian with magic. It's always it's about the original jokes and the humor, and then finding yeah. tricks that enhance that, as opposed to sort of the reverse of that. Exactly, exactly. So that was Incognito. Was uh, it was kind of a a thing that I wanted to do stand up again as a character, and then also like I would I would pull, pull a what what perchance this is I have an empty chapeau that's Italian for hat you ignorant motherfucker. You're like what perchance. <laughs> Would a magician pull a, a rabbit or a hair? How about a whole, whole bunch of hair? Like I got a wig. <laughs> I mean, like really dumb, you know, bad magic. It, but it was, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. 
No, that sounds amazing. I mean, when I lecture, I always say, magician who does magic tricks is not a character. So it's refreshing when somebody has an actual character. <laughs> exactly. It can't exactly. help with the original when it's something nobody has seen before. Right, 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 right. And but guess, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, like in terms of you, if such an intense comedy, acting, improv background, are what, what tips would you give to magicians? Because you obviously have seen a lot of magic as well. What 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 from those worlds do you think that you can bring or we should uh, other magicians bring into the magic world? Well, I was I was working with a young younger magician and I, I had him show me his stuff, and he was so concentrated on the trick and and the and the handling of 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 his cards and everything that he was forgetting that he's interacting and and it's a, it's part of a show. This should be almost like when you're driving when you first learn how to drive. You have 10 and two, you're looking at your mirror. When's the last time you adjusted your mirror? You know what I mean? You adjust your mirror, 10 and two, and you're driving, trying to drive like this. And now you drive eating a sandwich and like this, and you're not even looking at anything because you're so used to it. It's incorporated into who you are. So it's just almost the same thing with magic. The, the, the card handling or whatever you're doing, you have sort of practiced it so much that you're not worried about if it's going to fit. You know, you're not concentrating so much on it where you can just have more interaction with, with the person and being more comfortable. The more you're in charge of, of your mechanics, the easier your, your presentation will be because you're not worried so much about it and you can actually show your personality. Uh, so, 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 so from being a performer that became a magician as opposed to a magician who learned how to perform, I, I've been able to, um, it's been a little easier for me to do the show aspect where the technical aspect is, is the, the part that you know is is would be more challenging, more challenging for me. Um, so yeah, I would tell someone you know to really concentrate on first of all, figure out who you are before you're a magician. Who are you? Are you a like Rob Zabrecki is an odd looking guy, but he's a great magician. But he's incorporated who he is and what character he is into his magic, and no one else is like him. So. So the more that you find out who you are as a person and what you can contribute, the more that you can have your own niche of, of what type of magician you are. Uh, some people are very mystical. Some people are really funny. Some people are, um, are scam artists. You know, how, you, know, you know, that's their whole thing, like Richard Turner and, uh, and you know, uh, what's his name with the pool? Um, you know, trying to scam people. So finding out who you are first before you try to figure out what, how you're going to present it. Um, I, I would say young, young, young magicians, know your stuff, know your stuff, but also know who you are so you can present it in a way that's unique to who you, you unique to yourself. Yeah, I always find that so interesting. I think the performers who come into magic with other skills or coming from another perspective, um, usually are, are realize the important things first. Like I, I, it wasn't until I approached magic as a comedian that I realized, oh, it's it's not about the tricks. It's about coming up with unique ideas, talking about who you are, creating actual unique art. Um, the rhyme, the rhyme in the in the lecture is: is it true? Is it new? Is it you? And making okay. satisfies all those things. But I think right. that's I think that's fantastic advice. Uh, Christopher yeah. Smith wrote excellent advice about practice until it's natural. Eddie exactly. John, late to the show, but loving it. Hello, Eddie. Oh, thank thank you, Eddie. For, that's very nice. Um, I, one of the things that I, I saw online I loved is you created a, a an original presentation um, for a card effect. Um, 
in, in the summer, and I'm going to play that. It's it's wonderful. Um, so here is a Chris Williams original. There's a real problem in America. I keep hearing people say over and over and over again that all lives matter. They keep saying that all lives matter. Don't they understand? That's racism. And no matter how you mix it up across the country, people in the South are saying all lives matter. In the North, they're saying all lives matter. Even in the Midwest, people are saying all lives matter. But they have to understand, that's racism. And racism is all over the country, in the South, in the North, and even in the Midwest. So if you keep hearing people say all lives matter, all lives matter, all lives matter over and over and over again, you have to understand all lives can't matter. That's racism and not until black lives matter. That's a wonderful handling, a wonderful routine, a wonderful message. Uh, walk, take me back to uh, that moment of wh how, when did you come up with it? When did you decide to post it? Uh, it's it's awesome. So this and that, as I said, that was one of my tricks that I did for for my entrance to the, to the Academy of Magical Arts. And it's one of my favorite illusions just because I, I learned it off of, I, I saw someone do it and I was like, oh, that was, you know, that was one of my <laughs> signature things. Like, oh, I, that's the trick. I, you know, you, you see a trick done and you're like, oh, I got to learn that trick right there. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I, I carry it with me. I do it all the time. And then I literally, was lying in, it, it was April, May, we're in the middle of COVID, in the middle of everything going down, in the middle of the unrest, uh, the the demonstrations, the um, so many different things going on. And I literally had a dream and I woke up and I'm like, I need to do something, at least express myself in a way where it's edutainment to a certain extent, uh, which is educational entertainment. And, um, and I was like, oh, I know what I could do, you know, obviously saving it for the, for the, for the, save the best for last. Oh, <laughs> but, um, but saving it where I could, I could do it over and over and over again, but yet have a message. Um, and, uh, so I taped it and I held on to it because I wasn't exactly sure when I wanted to, to show it or to drop it. And, um, and I think I, I it just came to a point when I'm like, you know what, I need to. I need to at least show this. And I, and I showed a couple of other people beforehand at the Magic Apple in uh, the Magic Shop, Brent, Brent Garris up here. And, and so I showed him and he's like, oh, you need to post that. And, you know, from my other friends, my magician friends, I was like, what do you think of this? Um, because, you know, as a, as, a, uh, as a performer, an actor, a, uh, someone who's, who's known, who's done, done work before, I'd like to be really specific and really not careful, but um thoughtful in 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 my presentation of uh racial things and uh our, the state of our, our our country today there's so much tension there's so much hate and so much th things going on and un there's so many misunderstandings that are going on in the country today that um i, I just wanted to, to express myself in a way that could be that would be entertaining yet also carry a message with it. So I thought it was, I thought it was an important, important thing to do. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And it, it was weird. I, I, I you know, I, I, I've made this point before, but there's lots of political com uh, comedians, very few political magicians. Exactly. And I wonder why that is. 
Right. Well, I was actually, interestingly enough, I was going to take that and become a image like an incognito, but shift it over in terms of uh, someone who is a, a black power, you know, an activist doing magic through, you know, and on the edge of comedy and statements and but and pure magic. So something in the works, something to something I'm thinking about. <laughs> There's so many things going on. So yeah, but I think it's important that as a, as a performer to, um, as I said, know who you are. That's an extension. My trick is an extension of me and what I think and how I feel. Just because it's magic does not mean it's separate from the individual. Your magic should be a part of an expression of, I feel like it's an expression of who you are. As I said, Andrew Goldenhirsch did uh, like three tricks, but he, you know, he pulls a rabbit out of his hair, pulls a rabbit out of his hair, and his long locks and you know really bushy hair, and he pulled this black rabbit out of his hair, and I was like, that's so perfect. For, like I couldn't do that, but it's <laughs> it's an expression of who he is, and it was a it's a brilliant trick. So um, as I said, well, besides for the character part, you all, I, I don't I think either one of us could do it because we don't have. Uh, that that amount of hair, <laughs> exactly. But it should be an extension of who you who you are. I I feel, uh, and so you know I like to do, uh, you know I like to do some comedy. So what usually my my regular uh, magic show involves obviously comedic things uh, in my in my patter, but not strictly you know com you know comedy or strictly like I want to you know because a lot of magicians get caught up in the fact that oh I'm going to either. There's haughty magicians. It's really interesting. There's really haughty <laughs> magicians who are like, I'm so good. Let me show you what I can do. And that to me has never been really appealing because it's almost, it's off-putting because you're like, oh, I know you can do it. I know you're great, but you're not connecting with me, you know? Uh, and then, also, so- The audience knows that you're not a wizard. <laughs> like, you come out there, like, look at my powers. I'm like- Exactly. No, you- <laughs> We know you live with your mom. Like you don't have powers. <laughs> exactly, and uh, and I'm a huge fan of Derek Delgadio, a friend of mine, and seeing his his storytelling as well as Helder, uh, Helder's show. I just saw the, the the present and the future, and I've seen all of it, all of his uh, shows, and the 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 process of telling a story about yourself and using magic as an expression. You cannot, you, that to me is the, is the ultimate. Um, and actually, uh, Derek's show is coming out on Hulu in yeah, January exactly. in, in and of itself. And if you have a chance to see it, it is, please watch it. It is incredible. I, I saw it once in the, twice in New York and twice in LA. Um, and every time was, was a, a different experience. So if you have a chance to watch it, it's coming out in, on Hulu in January uh, in and of itself. Yeah, no, I, th I think it's a great message. I mean, I'm always pushing that people need to be more like sushi, where it's 95% of people love them and 5% of people hate them. Uh, right. That's better than being just vanilla pudding, where just people kind of like you. It's like why they serve the hospitals. <laughs> right. Nobody's like, I, nobody's like, all right, everyone's like, okay, fine, I'll have pudding. But nobody wants to be that magician where they're like, fine. <laughs> exactly. So I think I think that the trick that trick is a perfect encapsulation of really putting yourself into it and, and creating something um, that is a whole that is greater than any sum of its parts. Just something that starts to go from just being a trick to being art, which I, so it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, and also uh, I heard just a little rumor that in August you were trying to learn coin tricks and might've struck up a friendship. 
Yes, I did actually. So uh, I, 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 Magic Apple uh, has a Magic Apple Live uh, thing that he, that he does like every week and he was doing just like you, started it as like a, a fun thing in March and then he ended up doing almost 100, 100 shows of Magic at 11. And Eric Jones was on there and I saw him on Penn and Teller and I'd seen him before as a black magician for me to see another black magician is it's always been uh you know there's a there's a brotherhood of magicians you know another um, that's one of the things i love about magic too is there, there's a brotherhood where if you're a magician and i know you're a magician we can share things with each other as opposed to a lay person that just wants to know how it's done so um when i saw eric on the um on on uh magic apple live i was writing into the thing I'm like oh and then i missed it so i dm'd him and he happened to be in town um, and we had dinner and I'm learning his, he's, um, his coin stuff is just amazing. It's just incredible. And he's such a nice man. And actually, as I said, that's an, his magic is an extension of who he is. So you can't really hide, as a performer, you shouldn't hide behind magic. You should be, at, at, the magic is a part of you and you are part of the magic to make the best impression. And he's a perfect example of that. Uh, wonderful guy and, and, and just an incredible uh, a manipulator with, with the coins. Well, um, actually, uh, we, we, can, we should ask him himself, uh, get his side of the story. We have Eric Jones in the building. That's my What's going on, boy? Right How there. you doing, man? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Life is How great. Doing, Eric? Thank, Thank you for having me as well. Yeah, man. So, so he came out and did this wonderful performance on uh, this commercial for Samsung, right? Is it Samsung? Uh, for Microsoft. For Microsoft, Microsoft Duo. And, uh, and so he was out there and, and we, we linked up and we had a great, and he had another young magician that was in, the, uh, Eric Blackwell, he was in the, in the picture with us. We had just a nice conclave of three black men magicians that you do not get. You, I mean, it's a rare occurrence when you can have people who not only understand what it takes to be a magician, but what it takes to be a black man and what it takes to be a black man as a magician. You know, so there's so many levels. And then he, he I got his, uh, he gifted me with, with his, his DVDs and I'm looking at him going, wow, I can't, I can't do it. Wow. Geez. Like, okay, I'll try that. But it's like the work he's put, it, you're just an incredible man. Eric, you know, okay, I'm a big fan as well as, as well as a friend. If Eric handed me DVDs, I think my first question would be, how do I play these things? <laughs> <laughs> it's 2020, Eric. Hand him a download. <laughs> I need to talk to illusionists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I, let, let's talk about that for a second. I, I feel like uh, there's magic is a lot of straight white men. Um, wh why is it not diverse? And how do we fix that? Is that for you, Chris, or is that for me? For both of you. Well, you know, I, one of the things that I always think about is uh, representation matters. Um, and when we look out into the world, uh, we still have this really weird uh, idea of what a magician should look like. You know, you still think about the top hat, the tails, pulling a rabbit out of a hat. And I think once the world sees more diversity, more women, more people of color, uh, you know, you know, people from the LGBTQ community, uh, we'll start to be able to influ influence the next generations, see more inclusion, more diversity. And I think that'll change the dynamic. That'll change the, the entire perspective, the, the entire, entire world, really, of magic. And I think that's what we need. 
as a member of the uh, academy, I totally agree with you. As a member of the academy, one of the first things that I, I, I looked forward to by being a member at the castle, there is a library. And you, as a magician's member, you can go in the library and you can look up any trick. You can look up the books. You can take them out. You can read. You can talk to other magicians. But my, one of my first things was, where are the black magicians? So I asked Bill Goodwin, I was like, you know, do you have any books on black magicians? He's like, I've got like <laughs> this. It was like con the uh, Conjurers, something, whatever. It's like this book and this. And I was like, oh. And then I, I came across the fact that people, a lot of people don't know that the first American born magician was a black man, Richard Potter. In 1783, he was born. And I'm actually writing something right now uh, to try to to try to tell that story, so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So I'll be, you know, consulting Eric on stuff and and uh, uh, and incorporating a story that is uh, just like Oprah is not a talk show host. Richard Potter wasn't just a magician. He was a black man who magician was magic was his and ventriloquism was his his job. So um, I think it's really important, as I said, to see to see different people as an extension of who you are as your personality, your magic should be part of who you are. And, and, and if you are a black, if I'm a black man, I should be you know, doing things that are representative of who Chris is. I like that. And also, you know, um, I, I think we may have talked about it, Chris, but the uh, IBMA, the International Association of Black Magical Entertainers, I, I just mm -hmm. see that Jeffrey Allen, yeah, there we go. Jeffrey <laughs> Allen uh, just mentioned it as well, uh, because if there happen to be any other uh, black in magical entertainers and you haven't heard of it, it's a great organization, uh, similar to the SAM, the IBM, um, and it, it gives us a little bit more history about who we are uh, so that we can help change the narrative of what a magician looks like. Like when I perform, I'm in this, a t-shirt, hoodie, uh, jeans, uh, because this is who I am, because magic isn't what I do, it's who I am. So right. I don't wanna do anything that feels Dis, disingenuine, if, if, if that's the correct word. I want to feel. I want it to feel as organic as possible. Uh, there's a there's an old saying. I forgot who said said it. Um, maybe Robert Houdin. I, I don't know. Or someone someone who said uh, um, a magician is an actor playing the part of a magician. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, Robert Houdin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I I get that, but I don't I don't want to just be an actor. I I am magic. Right. I do magic from my personality. I don't. Right. I don't you know, the only difference is I know the script, I know the lines, and I'm helping guiding guide my audience through that process to give them a moment of astonishment that they can't get anywhere else. And I think the more of us that realize that, regardless of your ethnic background, race, religion, creed, um, the better. And the points that you guys have given about being genuine, understanding that magic is more about just the, uh, the illusion uh, but the illusion behind the illusion, you know, the, the comedy, the acting, the psychology that goes in it. Once you understand those points, that's going to make the magic stronger regardless. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And if Chris, if you play Richard Potter, you would be a magician slash actor playing an actor who's also playing the part of a magician. Who's <laughs> it would be it would be a very complicated book. Who's actually playing the role of the writer trying to write. As a <laughs> exactly. That's fantastic. Exactly. And it's and it is I mean, there's a great documentary. I think it's called The Heart and Soul of Magic. Uh, that Ice McDonald is in. Uh, oh, that is fantastic. That? That is cool. I think it's called Silent Masters. Yeah, yeah. right. Something along that, those lines. 
I'll look it up right now because it's fantastic. Um, and it goes through the history of, of, of black magicians. Um, Cry and Masters, the history and relevance of the black magical artist. Uh, it's available on Amazon uh, for free. You can just, anybody can watch it. If you have Amazon Prime, you have this movie. Uh, Quiet Master is the history and relevance of the Black Magical Artist. So after you watch it, Upload, after you watched Upload, after you watch upload, upload, it's really, really good. Yeah, there we go. Jimmy which Allen. which, I'm, which I'm, I'm, I'm filming the second season. I leave in two weeks to go to Vancouver, where I have to quarantine in a hotel room for two weeks. So guess who's gonna be writing Richard Potter? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna you're gonna. That's the closest experience you'll have to jail. That feels very prison like. Being <laughs> stuck in a tiny room for two weeks. Exactly. Push ups and and jump roping and and ordering in. Yeah. Yeah. But then afterwards, like Canada's numbers are lower. So afterwards, are you a little bit like freer than you would be in LA? Uh, uh they test me three times before I even go to Canada, and then I get right to Canada and go into the hotel room for two weeks. And then I'll have like three or four days like to wardrobe fitting. And then, and then I sh I'll be shooting for, for three weeks. So uh, not much freedom, but, but uh, a little bit once, I mean, once you're quarantined and, and Canada is much, they're really tight on, on keeping stuff down. So uh, once I prove myself that I'm healthy, so it'll be, it'll be good. Nice to film up there. And I don't, I obviously, I don't want to spoil anything on the show, but does that character, do we find out he likes magic? Is that going to happen? <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> well, the show is magic too. So there's a lot of magic in the show. I guess if you do magic, because uh, for those who haven't seen Upload, although uh, again, it's on Amazon Prime, it's fantastic. Um, there's a virtual world. Um, I, doing magic in a virtual world feels hard because you could kind of, somebody tried to book me for a virtual reality show. And I was like, you know, I can, anything can happen in virtual reality. <laughs> there are there are no rules. I can exactly. just look the whole time. It's really interesting also, uh, I was talking the other day, how magicians have had to adapt with the times. So having a Zoom performance, you know, usually do corporate, you know, you know more about this, but having to change your strategy on not being able to be right in front of somebody, but but now doing it from a distance or doing it on Zoom, it's a whole different skill set. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a complete, completely different medium. And I know, Eric, we were talking about this earlier, but it's actually pretty great. I'm, I've got to be honest with you. You know, I was telling Harrison before, you know, I was traveling 200 days a year, schlepping around doing magic shows, and I was getting burned out. And then... Yeah. The pandemic happened and I started doing Zoom shows and I never have to leave my living room. It's a godsend, you know, to be able to earn a living and being able to work from home. You know, I'm, I, I well, you know, I don't want the pandemic to continue, but if we give me another six months, uh, <laughs> I'm cool with it. Don't don't rub it in. Chris, Chris is going to have to be quarantined for two weeks while you're doing your virtual shows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was what was the was there anything that surprised you about the other? What was like your uh, was there any fun facts that you discovered about each other when you hung out? Uh, that we have the same barber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just got, I, we just had a nice just a nice dinner. It was a really good food and. There's nothing better than having good food and good conversation. So he introduced me to some really good um, artisan pizza, and we had some uh, we had some, some some really good wine. I can't remember what it was. What did we have? That's we how you were at, good we're wine. at Mozza. At Mozza, <laughs> Nancy Silverton's Mozza restaurant. Yeah, Mozza yeah. Pizzeria. Can't it beat it. Incredible. Can't beat it. 
That's amazing. And Eric, um, before I let you go, because um, we, I, I'm believe this 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 hour has flown by. Um, uh, anything else that you like to share? And also, I want to make sure I, we plug you too. Um, we have your Twitter, and Instagram, Eric Jones Magic. That's both Twitter and Instagram at Eric Jones Magic. Chris Williams, make sure you have a under an underscore in the Twitter and a dot in between the Chris and the Williams. He wants you to really work for it. There's a lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of Chris Williams up. What <laughs> <laughs> was, was was Joe Smith taken? <laughs> I know. I do have Incognito though on on my with a K on 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 my Twitter. So you know what we need to do? We need to get an MF for Jones and <laughs> an Incognito Magic Show tour going on. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be good. Oh, and you guys are both, uh, you're already getting offers. Uh, Jeffrey Allen said in your travels, you're always welcome for a magicians only tour of the American Museum of Magic oh, in Marshall, Magic. Michigan. There you go. Thank you, wow, Jeffrey. Appreciate Jeff. that. Yeah, and Jeff, Jeffrey, let us know if there's any Richard Potter stuff there. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, Eric, uh, anything you want to plug or share before we let you go? Uh, no, guys, I'm just doing a lot of virtual shows. Um, I'm really enjoying them. I just finished, just before I came on to this a spot to be a, a special guest. I just finished doing a um, another show for Amazon, you know, and we did a fundraiser. Um, the fundraiser that I chose was the American Diabetes Association because I, I happen to be diabetic. Uh, but it was a, a great time. I was there with Anna de Guzman and Alex Boyce. Uh, we raised a lot of money for three charities and made Amazon a lot of money. So, <laughs> am I the only one on this broadcast that has not been on Amazon? What's happening? <laughs> Not I'm yet. trying to get Not this yet. show on Amazon. That's what we'll do. Hell yeah. There you go. Eric, thank you so much for joining. I really, really appreciate it. One more thank time, you. Eric Jones Magic on Twitter. Good Instagram. You, Follow him, buy his products. Fantastic magician. Eric, everybody. Awesome, guys. Take it easy. Eric Jones Magic. Oh, that's Come awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's so cool. Thank you, man. Oh, I, I, my pleasure. And Eric is, uh, is amazing. Um, and also, well hydrated. <laughs> um but we're we're coming we're rounding the corner towards the end of the show so if you have questions for chris uh make sure you put them in the comments that's it's on my right but it's probably below this if you're watching it on youtube or facebook um so if you have any questions put those in the comments below um and while those uh come start to filter in uh chris do you have i mean i know this is very hard to choose um, is there any role that stands out as your favorite or is that something, is that a, a thing that actors don't do is say what their favorite role was? Um, well, they're like, they're like children. All. Any <laughs> job that I get paid, that, that's my favorite role. Um, but I do like Dodgeball. I was in Dodgeball. That was a fun movie to, to be in. From the beginning, I did the table read because I did Crazy Eyes Killer. They had me come in to do the original table read for Dodgeball with Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller and Justin Long. So we, I got to read it. And then by almost by default, I got the role because I just kept reading it over and over and over and auditioning people. So that was a great thing. World's Fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins was incredible. Um, I did a small movie called Swedish Auto with Lucas Haas that I loved my character. I played a real asshole. And that was, uh, that was fun. And, um, and Curb. I mean, Curb has you know, gotten me so much, so many things. And uh, it's opened so many doors for me. And, and it's, it's brought so much joy to people. Like when I get stopped, I've been stopped all over the world because, oh, and, and Hoover, of course, it's Silicon. Um, but I've gotten stopped all over the world because of Crazy Eyes and, and Hoover. So it's, it's really nice to see when, when your work actually translates to people really enjoying it and remembering it and throwing lines at me. And, and uh, it, it's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experiences. Oh, that's, I, they're all, and 
honestly, it's it's also cool to see that just the the range. Every character is so tremendously different. Um, and upload uh, is is pretty serious. I mean, is that? Uh, well, I actually when I when I auditioned for it, I, I thought it was a drama. Yeah. Because all my things, I'm I'm dying of vape lung. There you go. And uh, and uh, it was he was supposed to be sixty five. So when I went to the audition, I was like, I'll, I'll yeah, try I, I put like bad makeup on, like I'm dying, and I went in for it, and I'm like, I didn't get makeup. You got it. I said, I, I, I got. Okay, well, I got it. And then, um, and they obviously adjusted the role, but uh, I, everything that I have is is a straight dramatic small scene, which is so nice for me to be able to express that side of me within a comedy. You know, if I need to do the comedy, I can come out with the comedy. But it's it's a really wonderful role and it's such a unique type of show where you know it's so so many different uh, tones and voices in the show that you can't really nail it as a comedy or a drama or slapstick or anything. So it's great to be part of. And do you approach? Because uh, I think this works. This applies to magic as well. When you're approaching a comedy role versus a serious role, because there are some magicians who sort of. Uh, some are comedy, some are serious. Is there a difference in approach or is it always from the same sort of place? It's got to come from a, a, a same, the same place of honesty, really. I mean, comedy comedy is basically um, timing or t uh, t it's timing, <laughs> timing. Uh, so yeah, so comedy is more timing and uh, adjusting and pushing when you need to push. And drama for me is just very as simple as possible simple and truthful and and uh, straightforward as possible. So I, I approached whatever the character is because every character has drama in it and every character has comedy in it. You just have to find find where where it fits in. And somebody in the comments is asking, what's your favorite magic trick? That's, that's a simple one. Uh, this and that. I mean, I love this and that. I mean, that's just my, you know, I love, I do it all the time. I do two bills to one bill. And the the hun the hundies, you know, those are those are whatever. But uh, yeah, I think this and that that is it definitely is my favorite. That's a fantastic effect, uh, and your routine with it, as we showed already, uh, is is wonderful. Um, and our final question, um, the question we end every interview with, we ask every guest. You're the thirty fifth person to answer it. Can't believe. Oh, and thank uh, you for having me as the last guest of the year. That is a, a great finale. You're you're yeah, rounding up twenty twenty. Uh, so we always ask, because there are young performers watching, and you've already given incredible advice, uh, but is there any other advice you'd have for a young performer or entertainer who's watching it uh, and wants to pursue uh, this crazy life in the arts? Uh, know that it's if you want to make money at it and you want to be professional at it, it's going to be difficult. It's a hard road. It is not easy. No thing is easy. No, nothing is easy in life. But if you want to be a doctor, you go to college, you go to law, you go to, you, you go to med school, there's a linear path. You want to be a lawyer, law school, this and the other. To be a performer, there is no linear path. An overnight sensation is 10 years, they say. <laughs> and all the work that shows up on screen or that shows up performance-wise, you don't even look at It's like an iceberg. You don't even look at all the hours that you've spent honing your craft, getting better, trying new things. I would also say try things. Maybe try as many different things as you can and don't be afraid to fail. I mean, you're going to fail. As a stand-up comedian, you know, you go up, you do your the same gig, same thing you did last <laughs> week, and people are responding to it, and you're like, oh, okay, well, but 
stay true to yourself and stay true to what you believe is good. If you think your thing is good, keep honing it and keep honing it. But as a professional, it is not easy to be a professional magician, professional performer, period. Um, but you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta be open. You gotta be open and you gotta want it. And you gotta not think of the performance aspect and think of the, 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 the fruit. You can't think of the fruit. You gotta think of watering and, 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 feeding and let the let it grow so it can it can have the flowers the flowers are a bonus that's what i say when i when i do a show or i'm working on set that's the fun part i mean I, <laughs> it's the work part is getting is getting the audition and getting the thing and and, and getting the role and all the, and learning your lines and everything and just like what anthony hopkins says i was like you know what what do you what advice would you give me he's like know your lines and say them <laughs> yeah i was like oh Okay, well, that makes complete sense. Right. Uh, that's a fantastic note to end on. Chris, thank you so, so much for spending this time with us. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, there's been people uh, who have tuned in from literally all over the world. Uh, so thank you guys uh, for for, uh, for for watching and commenting along. Chris, thank you so much. Uh, let's thank you so that. much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. And at Chris Williams underscore for Twitter. For Instagram, it's at Chris.Williams underscore exactly. uh, so make sure if you go to instagram there's a dot between the chris and the williams on twitter it's uh just chris williams underscore uh, make sure you follow him on both uh incognito is on twitter as well so make sure you follow that spelled with a k uh <laughs> thank you so so much for joining stay safe stay well uh safe travels and uh, happy holidays to you happy christmas. merry christmas i just said happy christmas and that's the jewish thing i think i've ever said merry and christmas and as, <laughs> as smoothie robbins would say happy chanuka that's right did you, did you see for everybody on the seventh did night? You, did you see Smokey Robinson when he said that? And his camera, I'll send it to you. Yes, he I'll says, Happy, he says, I don't know what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Smokey, Smokey can't lose in my butt, but happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy All of the Holidays. Chris, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that is uh, the last episode of 2020 of Who Books That? A huge thanks to Chris Williams, as well as to our surprise guest, Eric Jones. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, at Chris Williams underscore Twitter, and Eric Jones Magic Twitter and Instagram. So make sure you check that out. A huge thanks to everyone who has made this show possible. Uh, that animated thing you see at the beginning is Benjamin Budzak. Um, so make sure you follow him. He has great products out on the Magic Market. Uh, a huge thanks to uh, IBM president, uh, Alexander, at the, uh, who... Who, who made this show happen. Um, and a current president, uh, Stephen Bergazzi, has also been a huge supporter of the show. Uh, Ryan Piling, um, everybody at the IBM um, who has been so supportive uh, in, in letting the show uh, happen and grow. Um, obviously, to everybody who's watching right now, thank you so, so much. This is starting to sound like an Academy Award speech, but uh, I am hugely grateful to everybody, uh, all the magicians who have appeared on the show, over 100 uh, incredible magicians from all around the world. Um, make sure you join. Uh, there you go, magician.org slash join dash the dash IBM slash join. Make sure you join the IBM and support them. Uh, if you're already a member, renew your membership. Uh, it's a fantastic organization uh, and you should definitely be a part of it. We will be back January 2021. So stay tuned. I'm seeing a bunch of comments. Uh, Eddie Jock saying, thank you for always entertaining us. My pleasure. Thank you for watching. Christopher Smith saying, excellent. Thanks. We have uh, a prayer hands. We have Ken Weber applauding. Thank you for tuning in. Adam Goff saying, where is this live other than YouTube? 
Uh, this show is available on whobooksthat.com. Uh, every episode, as soon as it airs, goes on whobooksthat.com. It's also available as a podcast. So go to whobooksthat.com. Please leave uh, a review. A five-star review would be amazing. It really goes a long way to spreading the word about this show. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody has been 2020, uh, episode 35 of Who Books That with Harrison Greenbaum, guest Chris Williams. Unbelievable. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, things are still coming in. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. That's it. Here's the theme song that I'm definitely not just singing while this graphic is over me. It's definitely pre-recorded and it's the same every time. Thanks everybody. Have a great rest of 2020. Who books that with Harrison Greenbaum? Harrison Greenbaum, he's singing a theme song. He's not just doing it live right now. Presented by the IBM.